0: Welcome to the WIDA Connect podcast series where we will explore all the hot topics affecting the equipment dealer industry. From industry news,
1: government affairs, and manufacturer relations to business best practices, technology, and marketing for equipment dealers. Brought to you by the Western Equipment Dealers Association, here to advocate, elevate, and educate. And now, let's connect! Hi, this is Mike Kramer, Western Equipment Dealers Association. In this podcast with Association CEO John Schmeiser, we'll look at Section 2 of questions dealers need to ask before acquiring a new manufacturer. In Section 1 of this series, John explained the 10 desirable provisions in a contract. In Section 2, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into those provisions and look at the term of contract and legal authority as well as trade area and market penetration. John, if you are ready to go, let's start with the three things related to term of contract and legal authority, beginning with contract considerations. Well, thanks for having me again, Mike. Uh, I really appreciate
0: this podcast series because I believe we're getting a lot of critical information out to our dealer members through this channel on the most important document that a dealer will sign, and that is their contract with the manufacturer. And, you know, what we've seen uh, as a manufacturer comes into the marketplace as a new manufacturer, a lot of times they come in with just an oral contract or they are coming to dealers to take their equipment on a consignment basis. As the manufacturer matures and spends more time in the industry, they gravitate towards a written contract. It certainly is our preference as a dealer association that every manufacturer provide a written contract to the dealer, because a written contract removes any ambiguity about what the dealer's rights and obligations are, while at the same time removing any ambiguity about what the manufacturer's responsibilities and their obligations are to the dealer. A written contract also provides the dealer critical clarity on things like expectations, like how many you know, pieces of inventory they are expected to be ordering every year, clarifies maybe relationships with finance companies, Uh, clarifies a relationship with the power of attorney. We see that oral agreements are very difficult to enforce. We understand why a new manufacturer coming into the industry may want to test the waters a little bit, provide equipment on a consignment basis, uh, do business with a dealer on a handshake, uh, over time, I think both parties realize that that is not the best business approach to the relationship between an equipment dealer, manufacturer. Additionally, in a written contract, we clearly understand what the time period of the contract is. Some manufacturers, you know, will set a time period of this contract is in place in 10 years and maybe eight and a half, nine years from now, we'll start discussions on revising that, a contract, that contract or amendments to that contract. So manufacturers have a one-year term on the contract that's automatically renewed year after year after year. So a written contract typically outlines what that time period is in the contract, and that clearly you know, states to the dealer about how long this relationship is going to be in place in terms of an agreement and when a dealer can expect changes or amendments coming to their contract and to their relationship. And a written contract typically you know enforces a question of is it ongoing is it renewed periodically it just clarifies the relationship a little bit better so the dealer understands you know where they are in terms of this relationship and when this contract may be changing and at that time is you know when they can reach out to the services of the association to make sure that they're engaged in that contract renewal or those contract amendments when it's being renewed
1: Okay. Uh, Before we continue, I just want to remind listeners that there will be a couple of numbers we'll give at the end of this podcast. So, if they have a pencil and piece of paper handy, they'll be able to take those numbers down. So, we'll have those toward the end of this. John, item number two in this category is modifications to contract. Yeah. The key thing that our dealers want to know is who's responsible
0: from the manufacturer's point of view of leading the discussions on a contract renewal or contract changes. Typically, what we've seen is the amendments to the contract are discussed by the legal team at the manufacturer level at the highest level within the manufacturer. However, it is the territory manager that is then charged with the task of going out to visit the dealers and to get their signature on the new amended contract. So, Mike, we, we have to make it very clear. At the end of the day, the dealer really has no... Option, but to sign the contract if he wants to be the you know the retail outlet for that manufacturer. But what we have seen is a lot of the territory managers do not have you know the depth or the insight of what went into the amendments you know that that were discussed that that created this new contract in the first place. So our dealers are asking questions, you know, of their territory rep. Okay, you're asking me to sign this this new contract, this amended contract well, what are the critical things that are in this contract affecting what my obligations are? And we see a little bit of a gap there. The territory managers in a perfect world would be more empowered to completely explain what those provisions are and what those changes are. And that's one disconnect that I think we can, as a dealers association, can try and fix as well, too. We are having conversations with the manufacturers. We've developed the trust where we can you know, receive the contract before it's delivered out to the dealers. We certainly believe that the senior level, the manufacturers are completely aware of the changes that are being asked of dealers. However, there's a disconnect when it's actually being handed out to the dealers. And, and we as a dealers association, we can improve that communication process.
1: Good. We're listening. Uh, we're talking with John Schmeiser, CEO of the Western Equipment Dealers Association. And John, the third item under term of contract and legal authority is power of attorney. Yeah, this one is
0: very common in a lot of the manufacturer contracts that we do see that that manufacturers are presenting to dealers, but also is a significant provision. If a manufacturer puts in the contractor a separate document that they have a power of attorney, it opens up a whole new area of risk and concern that a dealer really needs to be Aware of. And we've seen this over the past couple of years when manufacturers have demanded that dealers take more inventory, or dealers maybe are not all that enthusiastic about taking more inventory because they feel that they have a sufficient supply. So, in some contracts, through a power of attorney provision, the manufacturers have dictated to a dealer what that inventory level should be and will automatically ship equipment out to dealers and through their power of attorney provision automatically transfer the responsibility to a third party finance company or captive finance company. So, when you agree to a power of attorney provision in a contract and and once again, you know, I'll state that a dealer has pretty much little or no option but to agree to it if he wants to be the retail outlet for that manufacturer, you are giving the manufacturer a lot of control over the decision-making powers that independent businessmen should have. So we understand why manufacturers put that provision in there. It is to protect their interests. It is to help the manufacturer grow, but it does come at significant risk and responsibility to the dealer. So we encourage your dealers to reach out to our legal counsel, to our association, to describe what that power of attorney provision actually means, and more importantly, what the manufacturer or the supplier
1: is actually allowed to do under that power of attorney provision that would be in their contract. Okay. Under trade area and market penetration, there are two items to review, beginning with the all-important trade area.
0: So in our conversations with dealers over the years, the one thing that we hear repeatedly is, will the manufacturer offer the dealer a protected trade territory? We've seen this you know so many times where sometimes the most aggressive competition that a dealer has is inline competition to a neighboring dealer. Sometimes we believe that manufacturers encourage inline competition. So when a contract is put in front of a dealer, we advise our dealers. And in our conversation with the manufacturers, we look at, is that trade area of a dealer clearly defined? And how are these trade areas, are they determined? Uh, split counties, split municipalities provide a whole Pandora's box of issues when it comes to market share reporting. And a dealer wants to know, you know, where the line is, how he's going to be measured in his area of responsibility, and how his trade area is determined is a very important conversation and discussion. Dealers want to be the only dealer in a trade area for a particular manufacturer. The trade area should be part of the contract or, at the very least, an addendum to a contract. So there's no ambiguity. Dealers should be asking the questions. How many other dealers are there in this existing trade area? They should know who they are. But before a dealer takes on a new contract line, he should clearly understand what other inline competition is there and he should have access to the manufacturer's research that dictates the market can support another dealer in that area. Well, the the dealer should also be informed by the manufacturer or some process being put in place is when the manufacturers go out and have a conversation. With another potential dealer in their retail area, we've seen that happen where it's come to a dealer's surprise that all of a sudden the manufacturer's setting up another dealer in their trade area, and you know that original dealer is going, why wasn't I given the opportunity uh, to expand my business to grow my area, or you know prevent the ability of another dealer competing with me. Those are conversations that a dealer should be having with the manufacturer. And we want to make sure that in the contract, there's as much flexibility as
1: possible for the dealer to not only manage the trade area, but to also grow their business in the trade area. Okay. In the brief moments we have left, there's a lot to consider in this, but market penetration uh, is something else dealers need to consider here. Yeah, and, and, you know, we as dealers should be looking towards the manufacturer to help them develop the
0: marketing plan for at least in the next 12 months and, and perhaps longer. They have to take into consideration what special price considerations that they're going to receive. Is the dealer going to be entitled to any special delivery of new equipment or parts? The dealer clearly needs to know what market penetration and market share that they are expected to achieve. Is there a ramp up? a market share threshold of maybe one percentage in year one versus where the manufacturer expects the dealer to be in year five. What's going to happen if that agreed-upon market share penetration is not met? What is the manufacturer going to do in terms of their relationship with the dealers? In terms of marketing, what cost is the dealer going to have? What co-op advertising programs are going to be available? Is there an opportunity you know, for the dealer to do marketing plans on their own with the manufacturer support, Uh, what sales literature and promotional material is going to be available from the manufacturers and what's the cost, and how, you know, far in advance are the dealers going to be made aware of significant changes within products as well as the marketing approach that the manufacturer is expecting them to be part of. There is a, a whole area of marketing questions that dealers should be asking at the time of signing that contract once again so they clearly know what their expectations are going forward so that you can adequately represent the brand. And, Mike, we take a position as an association that no dealer should be holding on to a manufactured contract for the sake of preventing another dealer from having it. We believe if a dealer signs the contract, you know, he should provide more than a good-faith effort to promote and retail that product. It's not fair to a manufacturer if a dealer does not meet their obligations that they have in terms of marketing and AOR and power of attorney. Where we come from an association, we want and we expect our dealers to clearly understand what all of those obligations are because that removes any ambiguity in the relationship and I think uh, can lead to a very healthy relationship between the dealer, the manufacturer, and certainly the customer.
1: Absolutely. And you know, John, this whole topic we've been discussing is not only a vital service to members, it is something that the association takes very seriously. And as a result, the association has developed a brochure on this topic. It is available at com, And if dealers have questions about this, they can always use the association's hotline. That's another resource. that's available from the association for members in the United States, as well as in Canada. In the U S they can call 800-762-5616. That's 800-762-5616. In our next podcast, John is going to be talking about more of section two. We're going to continue to break it down. The questions to ask before acquiring a new manufacturer line. We'll look at financial requirements and product stocking, as well as performance standards. CEO John Schmeiser, Western Equipment Dealers Association. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm Mike Kramer. This has been We to Connect. If you have a question, would like to suggest future topics, or just tell us what you think about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us at westerneda.com
0: And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to to Connect on iTunes.
1: Thanks for listening. Until next time.